football season right around the corner. I mean, we can see it, we can taste it. I, I can't wait. I'm ecstatic. It's starting to feel like 98 all over again. <laughs> what am I saying? Another buildup. What is going on, everyone? Welcome to the Rocky Top Times, where we talk about all things Tennessee Vols, episode 16. My name is Sean. My name is Chase. Chase, it's been a while, man. We've been on a hiatus. We had vacations. I know you had vacations as much as I did. Yeah. Probably more, actually more. And yeah, you you more. had you had to go to some weddings and and then we got hit with strap throat at our house. So we've been passing that around left and right. So <laughs> appreciate you guys waiting for us and it feels good to be back, honestly. So uh, yeah, Tennessee football takes a takes a break. I think uh, me and you take a break, and we're. We're back in the saddle for some uh, some football right around the corner. This will be our first football season, you know, recording as the podcast. Yeah. And I'm excited and I'm terrified and I'm just it's like that Michael Scott meme. I'm ready to be hurt again. So, yeah. <laughs> so but, but but haven't you convinced yourself we're going to win ten or eleven games this year already? No. no. Oh what? I, I, when I whenever I start seeing the highlights and yeah. start feeling good and I don't know, but not not yet. But it's getting not close. Yeah, I, it's I getting think. Good the first tailgate like whenever we start yeah. bowling greens first right so yeah whenever we start tailgating and getting our tailgate food and some buffalo dip then maybe that'll change yeah undefeated but it feels like 98 baby goodness gracious man but it, it does feel good that it's getting closer to football season and i mean we're getting close to mid-august now how weird is that so i know it's insane it's just flying by and tonight was a good night for vol nation because Peyton Manning did his Hall of Fame speech. So, did yeah. you get to see it? I did. It was I, honestly, I you know, I've watched quite a few. I don't, uh, of course, I don't watch all the Hall of Fame speeches, but um, you know, typical fa- Peyton fashion. You know, it was, it was a great speech. Lots of um, you know funny jokes in there. And you know, Tom Brady was there. So whenever they announced that you know Peyton, he's like one of my friends. Tom Brady is here. All the Colts and you know everybody that essentially was a fan of uh, Peyton started booing Tom Brady. So it was kind of fun jokes. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if, you know, you just think of an ambassador for a school and, and, uh, you know, Tennessee has a perfect one in Peyton. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's great to have him around. And, you know, he always mentions Tennessee just about everywhere he goes. And he definitely did in the speech and a lot of people were there, you know, David Cliff was there. Um, Phil Fulmer was there. You know, there's a lot of old teammates and things like that. So it's good to see him again. And, uh, um, just great speech overall. Really, just a class act. You know, yeah. I remember, you know, when Teddy Bruschi, when he retired, he was talking about how Peyton Manning wrote him a letter, reached out to him, and you yeah. know, he's not the only one that he did that to. So, yeah, he, he's he's just a class act. Obviously, yeah. all nation is proud to have him, and they're glad to take all his donations for all these yeah. buyouts for the coaches. Right. So, but yeah, yeah man, it, I honestly, I haven't. I'm gonna be honest, I haven't seen it yet, but. I'm probably gonna have to check that out on YouTube, but yeah. I, I love. I could hear him talk all day. I saw the. I mean, I watch his retirement speech all the time, and yeah. it's just. I don't know. He knows exactly what to say and how to say it. Yeah. So, just a class act guy. Really wish he could suit up for us again. Good lord. I know. He'd probably but, be better than any quarterback we got. <laughs> and it's just so crazy, especially this year. I feel like college football, I know it's always evolving, but I feel like we just skipped a thousand years of evolution. Yeah. Like, You know what I mean? Like, The league is changing. So yeah. let's talk about that for a minute. So 
Texas Longhorns, as we know as the University of Sensitivity for the Horns Down debacle. <laughs> did, did you hear sure. about that? Yeah, I did. I, I feel like every even some five-star kid went to Oklahoma and committed and did the Horns yeah. Down. So I feel yeah. like that was a horrible idea to make that public. I know they had to, but yeah. honestly, the rule is stupid to begin with. You know, For those of you yeah. that aren't familiar, the referees came out and said, if you do a Horns Down against Texas, that's a penalty, which is just stupid. I mean, Not only that's, it's like a personal foul, like taunting penalty, which is like a 15-yard penalty. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't get it. So, I mean, it's a soft punishment, obviously. I don't. Obviously, I think it's pretty dumb, just like you. So. And I mean, it, I mean, yeah, exactly. That's my thing. My thing is, who cares? But if you're going to make it a yeah. penalty, then Texas shouldn't be allowed to do the other side of the coin. They shouldn't be allowed to do the hook yeah. of horns or whatever the heck they call it. But yeah. you know, you know that ain't going to happen. But anyway, I'm yeah. getting off. I'm getting off track here. <laughs> so, what do you think of Texas and Oklahoma? joining the sec i think they're officially joining in 2025 right yeah. they have a contract they can't get out yeah it's so. the media rights contract you know they'd have to pay like 100 million or more just to get out of it early so honestly i can't see i can't see a scenario in which you know they're not in the sec in the in like the next couple of years i think something's going to happen either with the big 12 um to where they're going to merge with another conference or the conference is going to get you know just dissolved altogether and they're just going to go and um, join other conferences um but it all has to do with you know media rights and money that's the only reason texas and oklahoma are joining the sec there's literally no other reason it's got to be just money i'm sure a lot of people that are listening have you know that you've heard all the different people talking about it um you know that texas and oklahoma would have a, a much better chance of getting to the playoffs if they were stayed in the big 12 so they don't have to go up against you know bama lsu georgia florida all the schools every year, but um, yeah, there's really no other reason for it, for, from what I can tell, other than just you know the the media rights and the media money and um, just the overall prestige of joining the SEC as well. But um, I think it's a, a, a decent move because I mean I think that you know eventually it's going to move to I don't know what the future for college football looks like, but um, it's it's looking like there's going to be some kind of you know, power four conferences in which they're just going to, everybody's going to kind of play each other. I don't, I, honestly, I don't know what it's going to be, but um, it's a big shakeup and it's, uh, I don't think it's one that really anybody saw coming this year. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a pretty big one. It is. And I'm not worried that they're joining the conference at all. You know, yeah. I, I'm really not, but the only thing I'm worried about is like everybody's seen those pod models that they yeah. have and everybody knows the media hates UT, ESPN <laughs> hates UT. So I just don't want to get it thrown in a category where we got to play, you know, Alabama every, which we do now. But you know what I mean? Yeah. Like if if we get stuck in a pod with like you know the other three best teams, because you know that's going to happen. Yeah. You know it's Tennessee's destiny to just <laughs> absolutely get screwed by this stuff. So yeah, that's my only worry. And. Yeah, you're right. I think they did it for money, obviously, and they want to try and get exposure. And has it been official if they're trying to extend the playoff amount, or is it still? Yeah, so what they they were they had talked about it where they were saying they were going to extend it to a 12 team playoff, but then it hadn't been. I don't think it's become official or anything like that. But then once Texas and Oklahoma joined the SEC, they they said that they kind of put it on the back burner for now. Because I think with all of the college realignment or with the conference realignment, um, 
you know, I, I think they're going to have to take a look at how they're. I feel like they said that something about how they're going to have to relook at how they're going to, you know, include the teams in the playoffs and things like that. Are they going to have automatic bids for, you know, conference champions or, or what they're going to do? So, I don't think it was going to be anytime soon, even if it was the twelve team playoff. But um, it looks like they had some like media rights deals also with ESPN showing that, you know, the next few years it still has to be the four teams. Yeah. Uh- you know, it it definitely makes sense as far as if they extend the playoffs to twelve teams. That's a really fair reason for them to join on top of the all the other yeah. stuff we mentioned. But if it's staying at four teams, uh, <laughs> good luck, Texas. And, yeah, you know that's what Steve. Yes, uh, I was about to say the Steve Spurrier thing. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was just saying he he, he Spurrier does what Spurrier does. He said, yeah. you know, if you're if you're gonna, someone asked him what they think about. Yeah what he thinks about them joining to the SEC. And he said, if you're going to lose in the big 12, you might as well lose in the SEC. Yeah. And he that's kind of, yeah. If you want to be mediocre or something like that, that's <laughs> yeah. so funny. And that's kind of how I see it. You know, there, there ain't no way Texas is getting in there, even with the yeah. 12 team playoff. Like there's no way. And yeah. I think Oklahoma's going to, yeah, I think they're, they're, you know, they're, they're as good as anybody. So yep. I think they'll, they'll put up their own in, in our conference and, uh, you know, they'll be able to compete with the big boys, but you know, Texas, with such a good recruiting ground there in the state, I mean, I could see that, you know, being in the SEC would help them. Um, but, I mean, they've been having good recruiting classes for years now and haven't really, you know, done much, honestly. So, um, I guess they're kind of in the Tennessee prove it or you're just going to keep being mediocre. Yeah, it's weird. You know, they, they have a, a lot of really good players, but everybody just leaves. You know, nobody yeah. wants to stay at Texas. And you look at what – a&M has been doing recently with Jimbo Fisher and their new stadium and stuff. So yeah, they, they really came out of nowhere with uh, Johnny Manziel and Miles Garrett and yeah. stuff. So, but that's crazy, man. That's what frustrates me so bad at Tennessee. It, all it takes is like one really good player. Yeah. And then like that, they can change it, you know, in my opinion, it worked for Clemson when Sammy Coates was there or not Sammy Coates, uh, Sammy Watkins. When, when, Sam, when Sammy Watkins was there and then Taj Boyd, like they, they yeah. changed that. So, and we just need that one guy. Yep. So, uh, yep. so frustrating, man. But I, I definitely think it's, it's going to be a cool move. And we talked about this, but the ACC mentioned doing like a possible giant, I guess, joiner, <laughs> just a yeah. giant joint mega conference with the SEC and the ACC, which I thought would be really cool because most of our in-state rivals, you know, are with the ACC. So it would, it, I don't know, it would be really cool to keep those traditions but make them in conference now, you know. like Yeah. I think the problem with the ACC is, like, their media rights is, it's insane. Like, the year's been extended to, like, 2036 or something like that. So they're, yeah. if any school wanted to lead the conference, they would have to pay, I think someone said, like almost $200 million just to get out of the conference. So, yeah. you know, all the talk about Clemson, Florida State, you know, anybody wanting to leave, I mean, I don't think that that's very realistic, to be honest. So, um, I, I, I don't see any ACC teams leaving. Um, I could see them maybe potentially adding, um, like, West Virginia into the conference since they were in the Big 12. I mean, they're a pretty yep. big name. Um, you know, they, they've had some good – good seasons and um so I, I mean i could see that them joining the acc but any talk of any acc team leaving i think is just um 
you just don't know about the you know the media rights thing that's going to be insane to get out of yeah i guess i'm speaking on a fan yeah. wanting yeah. these rival games that you know matter yeah. more and stuff because yeah. kirk herb street said it a pretty good quote i can't remember the quote but the more of the story was it's okay to keep tradition you know it's okay to want that but yeah. the game is just changing so much it's hard to keep it the same but I, I, I just think it would be cool to see Florida and Florida State again, you know, every year. Yeah. Kentucky, Louisville, you know. They uh, still Georgia. play every year. Yeah, yeah, and Georgia, Georgia Tech. But it would be cool to have them, like, in the same division, yeah. the same conference, yeah. but a, a lot more at stake. So. Yeah. But, man, I just – it's always changing. And another thing we haven't touched on because it's been so long is now college athletes – you know, they, they're they allowed to get involved with businesses and make profits and stuff. Yeah. So what do you think of that, dude? Do you think that's a – do you think it's good for college athletes? Do you think it's good for college football? And most importantly, is it good for UT? Yeah. Um, I mean, what do I think about it? Obviously, it's going to – I think it's going to be beneficial to the bigger programs, um, you know, programs where they can get kids in, especially bigger-time recruits, um, you know, around some businesses in which they can obviously get paid and make some sponsorships in some ways. You know, I think everybody's heard the uh, Nick Saban talking about Bryce Young almost made a million dollars, you know, in the first month. Um, They said he was like approaching seven figures. So obviously not everybody is going to be making a lot of money. Uh, I know UT, you know, we probably have some players that are making some good money, but we don't have that one player that's just – you know, that the has their name out there and just, um, you know, just a super popular name or right now we're not a super popular, popular program. So of course there's going to be, if, you know, if big time, you know, Peyton Manning was here again. Um, obviously I think a lot of, a lot of businesses would, you know, sign the big names and, and things like that. So they can make quite a bit of money, which would be good in return for UT. But, um, yeah, I think it's good for the athletes. I think it's good for, you know, the, you know the guys that are coming in that are, obviously, you know, you get the you get the full athletic scholarship. You get you know you get food and all that kinds of stuff on top of whatever you're making on your NIL deals. But um, yeah, I think it's only good for them. I mean, they can sell their jerseys, they can sell you know signatures, autographs, whatever, um, and try to get paid for it. So I don't yeah. see it as a bad thing in any way. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I think this is great for college athletes. You know, they're, they're under a ton of stress. They yeah. put their body on the line. I get it that they get paid for school. They get, you know, they have a scholarship. But, yeah. you know, I mean, look at Inky Johnson, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah. like one, they're one play away, you know, and, you know, done. So they, they put their – in a way, they put their life on the line. You know, all it takes is yeah. one bad hit or, you know, whatever the case may be. You know, look at that dude from Ole Miss, you know. I can't remember his name, Chucky something. But, yeah, I I think this is great for college football. I think it's great for UT. I will say it's definitely going to take some getting used to because it's – we've already seen it all over social media. Yeah. Um, I I just don't understand. A lot of people complain saying it's ruining college football and it's changed so much. But you could honestly make the argument for social media, you know, that they have to – Social media has changed the game of recruiting completely. And look at what Oregon did when Chip Kelly was there. You know, all, I know their CEO of Nike went there, but all he did is come up with some fancy uniforms and then, bam, like, 
they put you they left USC in the dust so you know you, the, it's it's just ever changing and I think we'll just have to accept that yeah. and and just move on but I think this is great for athletes I definitely think it's good for UT because I think I speak for all of all nation but we need all the help we can get and yeah. everybody knows UT has a lot of businesses a lot of successful alumni and a ton of money we've mm-hmm. paid you know millions of buyout but <laughs> Yeah, I, I think this is great for UT. I think it's great for recruiting, and I think it'll definitely help us for sure. But yeah. man, it, it feels like so long ago, but we haven't <laughs> recorded in yeah. a while. But yeah, it's it's been going around. And did you see Fulkerson got a pals deal? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. Probably. That was, I think that was uh, you had to. That would had to happen. Oh, um, yeah. I don't. I don't think anybody's going to let pals not be uh, or let Fulkerson be a uh, ambassador for pals. I, I just hope that he's trying to convince whoever owns oh, that place to just bring one to Knoxville. Just one, know. you know, just put one of those things on the strip and it would sell <laughs> millions. So, yeah. But man, it's fall. Fall's kind of approaching, which means fall camp has started. What do we, what have you been hearing as far as like momentum with players, position groups, coaches, any, any fall camp buzz going out there or I guess off season workout buzz. Yeah, I think the big question we're all wondering right now is who's going to be the QB for, for next year. You know, we had coming into spring, we got the the big transfer, Hendon Hooker, coming from Virginia Tech. Mm-hmm. We all know and love the Harrison Bailey um, freshman last year, stepped in at the end of the year and played some decent ball, but um, still showed signs of being a freshman, obviously. And then, of mm-hmm. course, you had Brian Maurer. Um, he's just like a human, I don't know, just a – crazy man on the field it seems like makes a lot of mistakes but can also make flashy plays and things like that so let me say something about Maurer yeah that that hit he took where he did like a somersault and yeah. landed on his neck he is lucky to be able to be walking yeah like that that looked like an ER replay or something yeah. like that so people forget about that anyway yeah. go ahead who else we got other than Maurer yeah so Maurer I, I mean I think that going into this year those three were the the three that we thought we were going to have coming into the year and um and then all of a sudden, right after spring, you know, we get the uh, the Michigan transfer, Joe Milton. Dude's a monster. Looks like Cam Newton. I think he was like, what, 6'5", 230, 240 or something like that. Just a huge. He's huge. Um, yeah. yeah, he's gigantic. There's a, there's a picture going around of, like, the team picture, and he's just, like, huge compared to the guys he's standing next to. It's pretty funny if you look it up. But um, the only thing that was running through my mind when I heard that was – you know, obviously, I think that there's the coaches weren't exactly happy with how those three quarterbacks played in the spring. That's the only mm-hmm. reason I feel like you could bring a, you know, a starter that's coming from Michigan that was trying to get out. I think he got hurt last year, mm-hmm. uh, broke like his thumb or did something with a ligament in his thumb to where somebody else passed him. And then I guess he wasn't going to start this year. So um, I think the only way you bring in a guy like Joe Milton is if you're you're not happy with how your quarterback room played in the spring and you need somebody else. So I think he has, although he hasn't really been in the system, I think that he he could be being pushed to be the starter. But I've also heard some some you know some pretty good things about uh, Harrison Bailey in the first few practices. Hendon Hooker's had some good good plays in the first few practices from what I've read. So. Honestly, I think it's a, a three-man race right now, and um, I know that in the press conference, offensive coordinator, tight ends coach Galesh was was saying that he was wanting to make a decision in a week or two. 
Um, so I, don't, I know that they won't tell us if they've actually made that decision, but from the media getting getting to be able to see practices, you may be able to see who gets in first uh, for the majority of the time, and we'll be able to kind of get an assumption from there. But as of right now, I I think it's a neck and neck for for those three: Milton, uh, Hendon Hooker, and then uh, Harrison Bailey. But I don't think that you can really go wrong with all three. Let all three maybe have a chance in the game and and see where it goes from there. You know, I think I've been the most impressed with Bailey, and I'll tell you why. He was not one of Heibel's guys, yeah. and he honestly he doesn't fit Heibel's offense. I don't think no. so. The fact that he's still in this race, you know what I mean, and mm-hmm. they're saying that they're impressing him, and he's impressing the coaching staff. I think that speaks volumes. Yeah. But I, I do think as time gets closer to the season, I think Milton is getting better and better. And honestly, I think Milton has might have better natural talent for this system specifically. Mm-hmm. And I, obviously, Heupel wanted him to come. And that kind of worries me about Hooker because I think he wanted Hooker to come in. You know, he specifically said, Hendon Hooker, come on down. Well, yeah. you, fit our, you fit our offense. You're the type of mobile quarterback that we want. And now that Bailey, who is a completely different style – who I think has kind of got the edge over him. But I think it's a two-way race between Bailey and Milton, but I wouldn't mm-hmm. be surprised if, you know, Hooker got, ran out there. Uh, yeah. But I, I do think, you know, if, we, if we're if we up by like three or four touchdowns against Bowling Green, which we should be. <laughs> they're supposed to be trash, but we've lost yeah. to trash teams before. But <laughs> George Day. If, <laughs> but if we're up by three or four scores, I think we'll see at least two, yeah, two to three quarterbacks. So. But I'm excited, man. Uh, just it's, I feel like with all these new players, all these new, all this new coaching staff, it's just we're not even going to see nowhere near the same team we saw last season. Like it's yeah. going to be so different, and that's what I'm excited for. So, I mean, down the stretch, you know, in the offense, we were scoring what like 15 to 17 points a game. It seems like in um, the most boring fashion. The most, yeah, it was run, run, pass, run, run, pass, run, run, pass the fourth down whatever it was you know it was like watching it was like watching kentucky offense like (laughs) it was seriously like watching university in kentucky i know they beat us but they beat us because garantano get handed them what like 21 points so well it was back to back to back you know interceptions but either way it was it was terrible to watch last year so i mean you know 15 17 points a game whatever we were averaging i don't know 20 points a game i don't know but i think we can easily score that in like a quarter and a half now it seems like with this offense with you know it's it's not as it's not really like a you know the running gun but it's more of like a you know i think it's gonna be pretty balanced but it's up tempo obviously um i know a lot of our offensive line has had to slim down a little bit i know Cade mays was he was like six five six six three thirty or so i think he's went down about 10 15 pounds and so mm-hmm. um the offensive line right now though is looking pretty good uh, you know, Cade Mays working a right tackle. They were they were saying that he was going to be playing guard, but I think he's kind of getting work at both guard and tackle. Um, so he was working over at right tackle. Dane Davis, which is a guy that we you know we never really heard of prior to this year, um, coming up in the spring, working at left tackle. Um, Javante Spraggins at right guard. Jerome Carvin left guard, center. Uh, K- uh, Cooper Mays, Cade Mays' brother. So. Offensive line right now, I think, is looking pretty good. And we have some decent depth behind him, too. 
I was going to say, uh, speaking of the offensive line, what about Darnell Wright? Have we seen him anywhere? Yeah, so he was. I think he was working more at. Ta- obviously, he's working at tackle, but I think he's doing more like second team. Um, but he may be playing a bigger role now that um, K. Ron Calvert got injured. I think on Saturday during practice. So I don't. They haven't said exactly what it was, but it said it was a bicep injury of some kind, and it wasn't looking that great for him uh, for this mm-hmm. year. But I think he was he was stepping in to be a uh, second team tackle, I believe. So. Uh, looks like Darnell Wright's kind of the next guy up if, if we're needing one, or if you know if Cade Mays tries to move back inside to a guard. And this right back ahead. in. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah that that's that sucks for Calbert man, especially yeah. when you get this close to the season. I, I hate to see these college kids get injuries like that. God, that, yeah. that just breaks my freaking heart, man. It really does. Yeah. So this line is gonna have a real crucial play and role in how our team performs, especially since yeah. we got some fresh meat at running back. So yeah. who, what are we hearing about running backs? I know we've been hearing a lot about Evans and Small, so I don't mm-hmm. know. And I know we've heard some things about Wright earlier in the spring. So have we, you know, who do you think is going to be like the one, the one-two punch? Yeah, I think right now it's 1A, 1B. Uh, I don't know if you could really consider – each one of them just a starter on their own. I don't know if you may see a combination of the two um, starting games. You know, Tion Evans and uh, Jabari Small seem to be that one A, one one B. Um, I don't know if there's you know ones ahead of the other, but we know that one of those two is going to be out there um, as a starter each week. Other than that, I think we'll we'll, we'll have Jalen Wright and then uh, uh, Beckwith, D Beckwith, um, mm-hmm. big huge running back. I think. A lot of people have been comparing him, not his play ability, but size-wise to Derrick Henry from the Titans. So, dude's huge. Uh, yeah. So, him and Milton back there, I think that would be the biggest running back, quarterback combo in the in the league. But, um, running back, I, th- I mean, I think that we can be, with the offensive line, hopefully we can get some push and we can, you know, not have to throw it all the time. We can rely on some, some decent running backs and, I think that they're both pretty good at catching the ball out of the backfield as well. So, yeah, um, I think we'll have some good options. Evans, you know, he's been making plays all over the Tennessee yeah. football f- videos that they send out, and he, he looks very physical. Like he looks yeah. huge for a running back. Yeah. And and Jabari Small, he he's got really good change of direction and low center of gravity, and he's got a good burst. So I yeah. think it's a really good thunder and lightning type of thing. So yeah, well, I'm definitely excited to see them. And mm-hmm. also, I forgot to back to quarterbacks. Who do you, if you had to put money on who you think is starting, like if the game was right now, who do you think is going to be running out? Yeah, honestly, I don't know. Like from what we've we've seen, it's been. I think that Milton and uh, Endon Hooker ran out with the first team on uh, on the very first practice, and then the other two ran out with the first team on on the second practice, and then they kind of mixed it all up. So it's kind of unsure and it sounds like everybody's kind of had their shine. Um, a lot of people, they've been making notes and saying that, um, each one of them had some really good passes. They said that Milton was, he has, um, I don't want to make any JG comparisons here, but he likes to throw it really (laughs) hard. Um, so he has, it sounds like he's, you know, working on his touch a little bit, but they say that his arm is incredible. So, um, honestly, I, I don't even know if I could pick one. 
I think that it's literally a, th- a three-headed race right now, and I think that all three of them have as good of a shot right now as they do, you know, come uh, September the 2nd, honestly. But I think that one's going to be picked, and if I had to pick, I'd probably pick Milton. Uh, that's my pick as well. I think the closer we get to the season, the more yeah. Milton is improving, and I think that momentum's just going to keep carrying so yeah. long as he doesn't get hurt. So this is Tennessee football after all, yeah. but True. I, I think he'll be running out there. And yeah. yeah, you know, when JG, I'm fine with quarterbacks throwing rockets is when it makes sense. Yeah. But like when they're out in the flat, you know, and it, it might yeah, be considered a lateral football. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, but like if there's a defense, like if a linebacker's chasing after him and he rocks it, to the, you know, that's that's fine, you know. And your wide receiver is probably expecting it to come fast because he feels the pressure. But my yeah. God, like, yeah. Anyway, I don't want to talk about JG. <laughs> so yeah. So what about playmakers on wide receiver? I know there's been a lot of hype about Jalen Hyatt. I mean, a ton of. I, I mean, if you look at any Vol fan posting on social media almost all of them are talking about how he's going to have a breakout year uh, all over the sec not just for ut so mm-hmm. um what do we think about hyatt what do we think about the other players wide receiver too yeah it sounds like we've had some some um good play at wide receiver in, in the first few practices it sounds like we're gonna have quite a few playmakers there a lot of speed that we haven't really had in the past um you know we have um Jalen Hyatt, Jimmy Callaway, um, Hyatt. I don't know if I already said Hyatt. I think I did. But Jimmy Holiday, Cedric Tillman, Javante Payton, the transfer from Mississippi State. Sounds like all of these guys are going to be in the mix for um, getting on the field early and, and staying on the field. So I think that there's definitely going to be some some uh, changing out at the, at the wide receiver position, keeping everybody fresh um, with this offense. And I think that we're not really going to lose a step in uh, whoever we put in. It sounds. I just when I hear Callaway, Holiday, and Hyatt, I just think speed. You yeah. know, speed, speed, speed. And we've. I feel like this past decade of when we've been absolutely terrible, we haven't had like a legit receiver that was super fast. You know what I mean? Like, I, mm-hmm. I love me some Juwan Jennings. He was, but he was much more physical than he was fast. Yeah. But you know, I, I've wanted a fast, speedy receiver. For a yeah. long, long time. I honestly couldn't remember the last time we had a fast receiver. Maybe Big Howard. <laughs> yeah. You know, but, um, and, you know, what's his face was really fast. Uh, Josh Malone. Josh Malone was fast, yeah. but I feel like they didn't utilize him, you know, as much as they could have. He had a good yeah. senior season, but anyway, yeah. but yeah, I'm hearing a lot of things about both Jimmy's, both Callaway and Holiday. So, yeah, I think both of them are good. And Tillman, uh, I think Tillman's going to have a pretty good year, man. He he looked yeah. good in the spring game, and I don't know. I, I've been hearing a lot of leadership things during the off season, mm-hmm. so I think and I think Tillman is very hungry. He he's been yep. posting things saying, you know, it's my time. I've been waiting, so I think he's going to shine in this offense. I'm 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 excited for him, man. I feel like yeah, he's I been on too. the team for like ten years. <laughs> I, I feel like we haven't really heard much. He started getting some more playing time at the end of you know more towards the end of last year, I think. Um, maybe towards the middle, but had some good games. I think he's, um, I think he's definitely going to be in line to start um, this year as a, as a starter on at the wide receiver position. Um, you know, the other two that'll be out there is kind of a toss up. But like we were saying just a little bit ago, I don't think that there's going to be much drop off with with anybody that we throw out there. Yeah, I agree. And I'll tell you what, I feel 
like such a grandpa because I'm going to go ahead and tell you I'm going to get yeah. Jimmy Calloway and Jimmy Holiday mixed oh, up I when I see them. Yeah. Like, uh, really, really bad. So I need to just yeah. remember their numbers and get it imprinted because well, I will. Jimmy Holiday actually came in as a quarterback. Yeah, because he so, was like a stud yeah. in the red zone. Like yeah. an absolute stud. And yeah, he can run. I, th- I think they've been testing that out some, if I'm not mistaken. Like when they get in the red zone, I think they've been really? not not like a for sure thing, but just yeah. something else to have up their sleeve. So That'd be good. I've been waiting to see that all last season with Pruitt. Yeah. But he just wants to run it into the lineman. So. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'm excited to see all these guys. I just want to see some speed. I want to see some four three forties, just burning cornerbacks yeah. <laughs> and safeties. I'm I'm getting pumped again. Yeah. So let's switch gears to defense. So it seems like they finally got into full strength after everyone was injured during the spring yeah. game. Like we we didn't see. I don't think we saw more than what two starters. On the I think like Devontae Taylor was like the only one that was at spring. Him and like what Jalen McCullough, I think maybe. Yes. So, what do we think about this defense? Um, any off-season, preseason buzz going on with any defensive players standing out? I think the one that stands out the most is Byron Young, the transfer. Or I don't know. He wasn't a transfer. He was a JUCO guy coming in. Um, uh, coming in at outside linebacker, kind of that DN kind of role. Mm-hmm. But he sounds like he's, you know, on another level right now. I, 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 don't, I know that him and um, oh, what was that guy's name? Tyler Barron, um, I think him and Tyler Barron are probably pushing for the outside linebacker position, and then you got the guy from Texas coming in, uh, linebacker as well, Juwan Mitchell, along with uh, Jeremy Banks, um, kind of filling in that linebacker. I think you know linebacker was our our position of of, I mean it definitely hurt us last year. I mean we couldn't cover slant to save our lives, but. Um, then you lose Henry T to Bama and then um, Crouch to Michigan State. So everybody's like, you know, what in the world are we going to be doing at linebacker? But honestly, I, I don't think that we're looking that bad. We have some, some decent depth. Um, we can't really afford to get many people injured there. But, you know, I feel like, honestly, it's not looking that bad. Mm-hmm. Um Obviously, we don't know what the, the defensive scheme is yet, so we don't know how much different it is going to be from Pruitt's, but um, I think it's going to be quite a bit different, um, especially terminology and just overall making it more simple, I hope. Um, mm-hmm. But on the defensive line, I, th- I mean, I think it's it's kind of a toss-up there, too. I think there's been a lot of guys rotating in and out after Middleton and uh, the other guy, Emmett, or what's his name, the other guy that transferred out. Greg Emerson. Yeah, Emerson. Um, after they transferred out, I think obviously they probably weren't going to be starters since they transferred no. out. So, um, a lot of guys there that are, that are, I guess, hungry to, to step in and try to get some playing time. But, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I thought defense was definitely going to be our biggest weak point, um, coming into the year, but you know, I could see a middle of the pack, you know, defensive team going into the year. Yeah, um, I'm with you. I've heard a lot about Byron Young. I've heard he's yep. getting really quick off the ball, really quick off the line. Yeah. And if you're pushing Tyler Barron, that's that's pretty impressive because I yep. thought Barron was one of the highlights up, you know, on defense last year. He's he's just physical. He's a freak of nature, and he's a good kid, man. Uh, making smart mm-hmm. decisions. He's you know he's not one of those kids getting into trouble. So <laughs> you see that a lot with young kids who are very talented. But yeah. 
you know, I, I I would love to have those guys and see both of them compete. And I'm I'm excited to see Young. You know, I, I there's been a lot of Vol fans talking on Vol Twitter saying that he may have like ten sacks this year, and I think that's stretching a little bit. But I would I would love to see that happen. So it it kind of reminds me, especially his size and stuff, of like Daryl Taylor. Uh, yeah, he's kind of big and stocky, but it's pretty fast. So kind of reminds yeah. me of that hopefully he puts up some production and uh, hopefully he's a good, you know, a good plug and play kind of guy. Yeah. But this yeah, defense, it, it's going to be so much different than I think we saw last year. I hope obviously for, for many reasons, <laughs> but just like overall, I mean, even on the offensive side, I think too, it's just going to be, you know, it's almost going to be like watching a completely different team. That's what um, I'm saying, man. I'm telling you, like yeah. it's gonna be such a refresher. Like, yeah. I, I'm I'm very excited about just seeing something new, yeah. and just leaving all that garbage in the rear view and just moving forward. And I think the change in identity is really gonna help sell recruits too. You know, well, this isn't the, that just just listening to the coaches is just so much nicer than than hearing Pru. I mean, obviously Pru didn't let any coaches speak to the media. They didn't let any players talk to the media. You know, they ran it like a military boot camp. Um, but now, I mean, you hear from like three or four players after practice saying how much fun they have had during practice and, you know, mm-hmm. you know, they can hang out with their teammates and it's just overall it's just a, a much better experience. And then, you, you know, you actually hear from coaches and they say how, you know, certain players did so much better and you actually hear some information. So it's like a completely different world that we're living in compared to the last, you know, three, two, three years. Uh, from whenever Peru was here, um, and I don't what? know if, yeah, go ahead, finish. I was just gonna say, I, like, I never heard Peru ever say somebody did something good. It was always, you know, we're not good enough. We're never gonna be good enough. Um, you know, never think that we did something good. You know, you got to keep working before you can get anything done. And it's just overall, it's just hard to listen to that year after year after year. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, for sure. I completely agree. And yeah. what did we say specifically whenever things were going south fast? We we have literally had episodes of us saying they got to get back to having fun. Like, that's yeah. where it starts. That's why you play the game. That's why professionals play the game. Like, yeah, it's yeah. money's involved, but if you're not having fun, it's going to show. And there wasn't a single player out there that was having fun yeah. last year, you know, on the game or at practice. So, the fact that he's starting with that and you know he spoke with the leadership team that was on the previous you know the players that were still there from the last coaching staff mm-hmm. and that had to be part of the conversation they probably just started with that you know we're not having fun yeah. it, we feel like a military base <laughs> yeah. so the the fact that they're actually having fun and yeah you don't want them to play dodgeball all the time but you know what i mean just yeah, you know, getting to know the team and having fun, I think that's where it starts. That's like the foundation. And then yeah. from there, you build a relationship, then you build trust, and so on and so forth. But mm-hmm. I, I'm very excited to see these kids have fun. And I, honestly, I think the coaches are having just as much fun. Like, those videos with all those guys, like that old yeah. lineman coach that was with Peru, they, look, they just look miserable. They look like miserable <laughs> truck drivers. So yeah. I'm just... <laughs> you know what I mean? Like when you go to the beach and you pass a truck driver and he just looks miserable. That was like our entire coaching staff yep. last year. So I'm yeah, just. You got, what's his, what's his name? Eckler back there kind of trying to get his chili hot. Did you see that video they posted the other day? Gosh, yeah. Oh, that, that was hilarious. I love Eckler, man. Yeah, he's, he's so funny. Uh, yeah. 
I, I want to try and get him on here and do like yeah, a Q and A or something. But just yeah, like rapid fire, just see what comes to his mind. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I feel like he would talk the entire time, and I would oh, be one hundred percent fine with that. I'm like, yeah, go check. Too. Like, just do like an autobiography real quick, and just tell us tell us what you like for your chili. Yeah, and I and I bet it would be. I, I bet he would have the best stories. I'd love to have a beer with that guy. Yeah, it'd be crazy. He cracks me up, man. Yeah, he's but, funny. But anyway, let's get back to wide receivers. So we talked about Juwan Mitchell uh, from a, the transfer from Texas. Now we also have the transfer from Mississippi State, Javante Payton. So yep. have we heard anything about him? Yeah, he looks. Everybody's saying he's looking good. He says his routes are real sharp. Um, lots of good things, hopefully, to come out from him. And it looks like he's he's one of those guys that are really determined to kind of. This is like his second chance, essentially, coming from Mississippi State. Um, sounds like he just didn't really have a, a great time at Mississippi State. Probably wasn't really a system. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, coming here, I think he's he's determined to kind of turn his career around and, and make some good progress. But big guy, like 6'4", um, hopefully we can, you know, use him a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited, man. Anytime someone steps up, I'm pumped. Yeah. And what about defense? I think we had a couple cornerbacks come in uh, yeah. from our transfers. So what do we got on them? Yeah, Kamal Hayden. He was the one that was uh, that committed to Auburn and then ended up coming over here. And then uh, Brandon Turnage, who was the uh, played at Alabama. Looks like he's more in the running. I think Kamal Hayden. Hayden. I, don't, I think it's Hayden actually, but I think he <laughs> oh, well. is. Um, I think he's some kind of like some injured a little bit or something like that. But I don't know for sure. Um, it sounds like Turnage, he's kind of playing for that backup position right now, uh, potentially mm-hmm. a starter. Wante um, Taylor, I think Warren Burrell or Kenneth George, we're all fighting for that num- number one spot, so I guess you can throw Turnage in there too. Wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if he's a starter by the end of the year. Yeah, that, and uh, that's good news for us because that just means that they're all competing. Burrell yep. had some flashes last season. I he think he got his, burned a lot too, though. He did get burned a ton, so hopefully he can turn his hips, you know, twelve years sooner. But <laughs> Alante Taylor, Alante Taylor, man, I, I love the kid. I think he's a star. But there were times where he also got burned yeah. and just blown coverages. Sometimes I'm not hating on the kid; he's a stud. But his best game, he if I were Alante Taylor, I would watch that South Carolina game from last year. Over and over, because in my opinion, that was the best game he had. Yeah, he uh, was all he, in their he, face the whole game. He was everywhere. I think he had a sack. He he yeah. he was just everywhere. So I don't know if he listened to like a certain song that got him hyped for that game, but <laughs> whatever he did, you know, just repeat it. But he he looked very impressive that first game. Yeah. So our cornerbacks, man. Um. Uh, again, it's going to look completely different. At least we'll have a familiar face with Alante Taylor back there. But yeah. It's good. It's just going to be so good. Safety will still have uh, Trayvon Flowers and Jalen McCullough. So yeah. I think McCullough has actually, you know, had some good plays. I think he has a, he had a couple interceptions or something like that. Or him and Flowers both had an interception in, in practice. So I love McCullough, um, dude. He is yeah, one of the most. Good. He is very physical. He had a yeah. really good sack against Alabama um, a couple years ago, and man, yeah. he, he he just. He's physical, and I think, and he loves UT. I saw a little video where, after we beat a team, you know how they have like the camera down there celebrating with the players, and 
he was talking about how much he loved Tennessee, and he was, like, tearing up. So those are the players you want for your school, the ones that actually yeah. love the university. So, But let's talk about recruiting. So currently we are ranked a whopping 27th, which, honestly, I'm happy with. You know, with this early in the season – I mean, the season hasn't even started, and we're, yeah. you know, in the top 30 with a brand-new coach for, like, the 100th time. So <laughs> I- I'm pretty happy with that. So that's – 14 total commits. Here's where I'm not so happy, but I'll give the coaches a break just because they've literally been, you know, handed over, you know, a mess. (laughs) Then that's putting it lightly. But we got two four-stars and then 12 three-stars. Now, I try not to get too caught up in the recruiting classes, but honestly, it's hard not to. That's that's easier said than done. But tell me what you think about, before we get into the actual recruits, what do you think about this recruiting class so far with what this coaching class has had to coaching staff has had to go through? Well, I think one one thing that you can take from it is, you know, we've had top 15 classes, you know, a top 10 class within the last, you know, 5 years. Every year I think we've had a top 15, top 16, 17 class and and you know, you've seen our last 3 seasons. They haven't been yeah. good. So Yep. Um, it's not about what they're ranked. It's not about how they're coming in. You know, if they're big time players coming out of their schools, it's it's what you do with what you do with them once you get them here. Yep. Obviously, there was some kind of disconnect about you know we got all our five stars, all our five stars are gone. But I mean, honestly, our five stars that left, besides Henry T, none of them really played that well. So nope. um, either either the previous coaches just didn't coach them up or or what. But um, you know, I think. I think a lot of the three stars that we have could could get a bump. I know that there's one specifically, Cameron Miller. He's a wide receiver. It was a four star at one point, but um, I think he'll get a bump at some point, which could help our our class ranking, I guess, if if you want to get to that. But um, honestly, our we need some help on defense. We lost a lot on defense, um, and we just it's going to be tough going into this year. All the players know about our investigation that's kind of going on, even though, you know, there hasn't really been a big update on that. You don't know what the what the infractions are going to be. You don't know if we're going to get – I mean, the NCAA is kind of like a not a thing anymore, it seems like. Yeah, um, for real. So we don't know what's going to happen with that, if we're going to self-impose things. So honestly, you know, there's a lot of bad karma kind of going around our program right now. So I think anybody that we can get, anybody that's willing to come and, and you know, be a part of the program, I think – Honestly, we should just, you know, kind of welcome them in. And I think that these coaches, I know I say this every time a new coaching staff comes in, but, <laughs> you know, I feel like that they, these coaches are actually coaches. They're not there for a paycheck. I mean, they are, but these guys seem like, you know, you know, the coaches that are there to really help the kids. So, yeah, um, hopefully this is the coaching staff that can do that. Yeah, I'm honestly excited about the recruits. I'm with you. We've had a bunch of five stars and high four stars, and there are three yeah. stars, you know, that looked better, in my opinion, you know. Yeah. And, you know, wasn't Cam Sutton – is Cam Sutton still in the NFL? I think so, yeah. And I, I mean, he came to Steelers, us as like – That's what I thought, too. Okay, he came to us as like a low three-star, too. Like, mm-hmm. he, he was nothing special in recruiting, and you could you can just never tell, but – yeah. You know, I, I I just want players that want to be here at Tennessee, especially since people can just transfer anywhere now. It's almost like a buffet yep. for these kids. So, <laughs> in my opinion, that's more important because when you just get good recruits based on recruiting websites, you're going to get what we had with all those transfers. 
you know, like you guys know half of them went to Oklahoma. You know who I'm talking about. So I I want players that want to play for Tennessee, that want to be here. And one of our most recent recruits, who's our highest rated recruit, I think, right now in our class, uh, was our four-star offensive lineman, Addison Nichols. And I think you told me he's projected as a guard. Yeah. And he's got – go ahead. Yeah, just some kind of interior offensive lineman, guard center. Uh, But, yeah, good player. Yeah, yeah, and a great kid, and he's very mature. You know, I was watching the interview he did for Mm -hmm. Rivals, and, you know, he he just seemed like such a class act. He was talking about how he's got family ties to Tennessee. His grandma lives right down the road, so he can go see her and, you know, get some grandma's cooking, you know. So (laughs) that's that's just cool to see that. So I'm very excited about this young man, and – he he's isn't he like six five three hundred pounds something like yeah. that. Yeah. Good lord, what do these kids eat? This is high school. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you know the thing with recruiting rankings now. I mean, a lot of the top recruits. Yeah, they're they're real. They're good at football. Um, but honestly, what they're doing is they're just projecting based off of their essentially their their physical attributes as of right now. Um, what what they project them to be at some point. So, obviously, yeah. recruiting rankings, they're, they're not the end-all, be-all. You know, if you're a five-star, you're not going in the first round every year. Um, is there a higher possibility? Probably, just because you're, you know, more physically gifted. But it's just, I think this year, you don't you don't necessarily need to just pay attention to the recruiting rankings as, as much as, you know, previous years when I think that we were bringing in all those five-stars just thinking that they were going to be studs. But, um Hopefully our players can can come in, get developed, and and be good players. Yeah, I'm excited to see the development, and I honestly I'm not too worried about recruiting because I think when this offense takes off, which Hypel is known for, and this coaching staff is known for, quarterback coach coordinators, whenever all this takes off, that's going to speak volumes to recruits yeah. and they're going to commit to us. So definitely excited about that. Now we got to if we're talking about recruiting, we got to mention freaking Walter Nolan. So. Yep. Obviously, he's like a top, top top ten, top five, top one in some websites, top one player, yep. and he just recently moved to Powell. I'm sure everyone's aware of this. I follow his recruiting. So he just recently updated his top three with Ryan Callahan from 24-7 Sports. So I'll let you take it away here. I know you follow this more than I do, but his top three yep. list, who else, who we've, I know it's probably got, we probably got to be in the top three. We, you know, he moved here. Yep. We offered his brother. <laughs> I think his dad's been posting <laughs> pictures. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So who we, who we battling for? What do you think? And do we have a shot? Yeah, it's been a pretty weird battle. It seems like for him. I mean, it went all, I mean, he's been a top player for, you know, the last few years, obviously coming in to this year's whenever he started really putting out his top schools Everybody in the beginning thought it was an LSU walk, you know, you know, it was LSU or I don't think anybody thought he was going anywhere else. All of a sudden he comes out with the top 10. Of course, it includes, you know, all the big schools. Tennessee was not included in that. Uh, Releases a top five. Tennessee is listed in that. LSU is not. So far from there, it was kind of weird seeing all that kind of transpire. And then Florida was thought to have taken the lead. And I still think that they, you know, uh, they're still up there, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, listed in the top three along with um, Florida, Texas A&M, which kind of came out of nowhere, and then uh, Tennessee. Uh, Michigan was thought to have had a big uh, 
thought that he was potentially going to be going to Michigan and Florida was, they were kind of fighting between the two. Then Tennessee kind of stepped up and thought we were in the lead. So I think it's going to be a, a battle all the way down to signing day, early signing day in what, December, I think. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't expect a, a commitment anytime soon. I wish he would just to kind of help us on the recruiting end, trying to get some other, you know, big time players to come in. But, um, yeah, it's going to be a battle. It's hard to commit when you're at that age getting all this attention because once you yeah. commit, you know, a lot of that kind of goes away because, like, oh, he's committed, so see ya. So, yeah. Well, it'd be, yeah. it's going to be crazy going to, you know, some, some pal games trying to see him play, and, you know, there's going to be <laughs> all these coaches there. Dabo Sweeney going to be there. You know, Dan Mullen's going to trot into Knoxville. Oh, God. Jimbo Fisher will be sitting in the stands. Dan Mullen. Oh, yeah. his playing gets lost. <laughs> That dude no, is, I, I, I don't think they'll let him uh, fly in. I just cannot take that guy serious. If he yeah. told me, if I was an 18-year-old kid who could bench press 500 pounds and Dan <laughs> Mullen like, tells me to take a lap or do this, I would try. I, I would laugh in his face. How could you not? <laughs> He's just so goofy. Yeah. Anyway, but Walter Nolan, if you're hearing this, uh, Florida does not need any more help, especially trying to beat yep. us. So please don't go down to Gainesville. Oh goodness, that we'll, could you we'll sponsor you and this uh, pod. Our podcast will sponsor <laughs> you, Walter. Yes, <laughs> man, it's just oh gosh. And when do, do you know when Powell starts? Oh, that's a random question. Yeah, it should start here, and I think the first games around here is like August the twenty something. I think you know a couple weeks. They did like wonder, a, the news around here. Was I think his first practice was the other day. He was just out there in his Crocs watching the practice and uh, <laughs> just hanging out. And they did some interview. But um, I mean, Powell's looking pretty good this year. I think they have for next year. They have a wide receiver that's like a top fifty prospect. So I don't know what's cool. going on at Powell, but they're getting some players in there. Do you think Walter Nolan's going to start at Powell? <laughs> Uh, yes oh man how hilarious would it be if he was like third string yeah he would not commit they move him to offensive line or something he he would not commit to tennessee if if he didn't start at pal yeah oh man but we gotta but if you're vol nation you gotta feel good about this guy because he did move to pal um he i feel like ut has shot up his list because we weren't even in his top his original top 10 and now we're in his top three. So you got to be happy with, you know, what recruiting has, what our coaches are doing and what they're saying to him. So yep. definitely think that's positive. So, but man, yeah. Um, recruiting is, uh, do you like the early signing period or do you think it's just stupid? <laughs> I don't really think it's stupid, but I think it's, um, I think it kind of gets in the way of the season going on. I like it. Yep. I kind of liked how it was, the signing period was after the season. Um, yep. You know, the coaches kind of had a chance to finish out the year. You know, they had that, that dead period, I think, that's at the end of the year, and then you were able to, you know, recruit for those few weeks instead of, um, you know, trying to recruit somehow during the season, which I know that they can't really do. So yep. um, just with their schedules. So it sounds like for the players, I mean, it sounds okay, but for the teams, I think it's, you know, it's pretty hard for them, to be honest. Yeah, I don't know. If if I was a kid, I would. It just seems weird to commit before the season, unless like that was your childhood team, and you yeah. know, I mean, you live down the road. That that makes more sense to me. But 
yeah, if, if you're like a few states over and you just do it just because it's just, it's just weird to me. And then yep. we see a lot of decommitments. I've seen a lot more decommitments, you know, before the early signing period, you know, mm-hmm. but it is what it is, man. This, like I said, this game is always evolving. It's always changing. And honestly, I, th- I don't think the schools can catch up. <laughs> they're trying whatever yep. they can to, you know, st- do what their competitors are doing. And, Mm-hmm. They're trying to stay on top of it with social media. So it's a crazy day and age for college football, to say It the least. is. It's changing like crazy, even from, you know, you know, the three months that we were not doing a podcast. It's uh, new teams coming in, players getting paid, you know, yeah. new quarterback race. You know, we got all kinds of things going on that it's going to be a crazy year, and it's just now getting started. I know. Horn, uh, Aaron, another few months, horns down might be like a felony or something. So yeah, probably. We'll, we'll keep you guys posted <laughs> on that. Yeah. But speaking of college football, man, we uh, we lost a legend today. Bobby Bowden, yeah. who was the legendary coach at Florida State, and he also did West Virginia as well. But uh, he passed away today at 91. I think he's like second all-time in wins. Yeah, behind uh, Paterno. And what he did for not only Florida State, but like – but Florida State before Bobby Bowden was like nothing. Like, yeah, they were absolutely absolutely nothing. And yeah. I, I know they're bad now, but he pretty much made them. You yeah. know, he he pretty much made them Florida State's what everyone knows it today. So, and college football. You know, he's he's done a lot for college football. A lot of coaches look up to him. Did you see what Nick Saban said about him today? About whenever he was in West Virginia. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was that, that was, was cool. awesome. Yeah, so for those of you that don't know, I think Nick Saban said he had a relative pass away. It was his dad, I think, right? Yeah, his dad. And, and they're all from West Virginia. And his dad passed away, and Bobby Bowden reached out to him and said, you know, if you want to be closer to home, I'll offer you a job, you know, with the staff. Yeah. So you don't get many too, you don't get too many guys like that. It's just a class act. So, but, yep. man, yeah, he won, what, he won a couple, couple national titles with Florida State, yep. right? Yeah, I think so. he won. I was doing some research on him earlier this morning just to kind of get some some background information on him. But yeah, uh, I think they were what I think they were like three and twenty four the the couple seasons, two or three seasons before he got there, and then he just turned him into an absolute powerhouse, um, winning the championship in nineteen ninety three and nineteen ninety nine. Of course, he was the opposing coach um, whenever we went up against them in the national championship in nineteen ninety eight. Yeah, um, you know he had a great career. Um, yeah, it's really unfortunate, but I think a couple of weeks ago, he, they, uh, I think Florida State and like his family released a statement showing that he was like terminally ill. So, yeah, um, they weren't giving him much longer. So, um, obviously, he was a legend in, in not only Florida State but just college football in general. Yeah, the dude passed away at ninety one. I mean, he, yeah, he was there. He was there when my my dad went to college at Florida State. And, uh, I don't know if he was there during that time. It was like in the seventies. I guess he was close or maybe was there i think but. he was there like the late 80s i think i think you're right because that we are marshall he was coaching at west virginia at that time in the 70s when that yeah. plane crashed so but yeah man it's just so sad to see you know well, some no, pe- people like, like 76 the, i think he went 76 76 okay yeah, I, I can't remember i think that plane wreck was before that because in the movie yeah. he was he honored that plane crash those yeah. rivals on the helmet stickers so, yep. Like I said, and that's another thing, you know, he's, he's just a class act guy. So, yep. but I, you hate to see like these legends go, man. Like, you know, when you're little and you grow up and you see these guys and 
you know, you see these movie stars and you think they're invincible in a way and, yeah. you know, just, it's just another person. But he, I love that dude, man. As much as uh, I bleed orange, it's sad to see him go. Yep. But same thing with, uh, it was sad to see Paterno go. Of course, I didn't like, <laughs> you know, what, what happened, all that man. stuff happened. It drives me nuts. It definitely changed how I thought about him and that whole program. But it's, it's just sad to see these legends go, man. It's terrible. So, yep. But yeah, man. Well, prayers to the Bowden family and uh, Florida State Nation. I know that's rough. So, I can't, it's kind of like equivalent to whenever Peyton comes, when you know, when his time comes, you know. Well, it's, kind of, it's like Pat Summit whenever she passed. Oh, man. Yeah. It's, it's just so. It's kind of like a day of mourning in the Tennessee, but probably the same Florida. It's so, honestly, I. I still forget that she's gone. You know, she left yeah. such a trademark on this program and has done so much. And yeah. you, you just, I guess in a way, you know, these people are immortal because, you know, they're yeah. always going to live through their programs and stuff and they're going to be mm-hmm. remembered for what they did. It's like uh, the Sandlot, you know, legends never die. It's true. Yeah. Like, <laughs> true. You, but, you know, sometimes I'm like, man, but I forgot. Like, Pat Summit's really gone. So, yeah. So it's, it's sad to see, man. But, Anyway, we don't want to leave on a sad note, but we're definitely getting excited about this football season. It'll be our first time as a podcast, you know, t- bringing these episodes to you guys during our first football season with the Hypo era. So I'm excited. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to give out like preseason, you know, guesses on records and stuff like that. We'll save that Yet. for another episode. Yeah, it's coming soon, <laughs> but. Be sure to check us out on Twitter at RockyTopTimes98. We appreciate everyone listening and following. We have gained uh, a lot of followers recently, so shout out to all of you guys. It's really cool to see that take off. And uh, follow us on Facebook at the RockyTopTimes. Did you have anything else you want to add? Any final thoughts? I think we're good. All righty. That's going to do it for this episode. My name is Sean. And my name is Chase. As always, go Vols. Go Vols.